0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Our Generation On Air. My name is Alex Pullemore and this week we have a much more conventional episode of Our Generation on Air for you. Uh, we will cover Huddersfield, the two upcoming games against Millwall and Sunderland, and of course a new signing with plenty of, I'm not going to say controversy, but some interesting opinions surrounding that. Joining me to discuss all this is Micah Chudley. And it's a welcome return of Dan Lambert. Guys, welcome back.
1: That's the the OG cast.
0: It is. Uh, So, another weekend of disappointment with a bit of a missed opportunity, I would uh, assume, uh, considering how hard the fixtures are this coming week. Still, on the positive, at least Scotland won in the rugby. So, you know, that's something (laughs) to all keep in mind. Dan, you did an in-depth preview uh, for this game prior to uh, kickoff. off uh, but within seconds of our goal going in, you remarked in our group chat from the sound of the goal we scored, I really should have saved doing the work on their analysis and just used one slide that said Huddersfield are shit. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: does that opinion still stand?
2: Um, yeah, to an extent yes. I mean, typically in and uh the, the fashion that I wrote the piece, they changed system when the lineups came out for the first time in seven games also. So um yeah, I, I I mean they weren't they weren't great, but I thought they were good in parts, I guess.
0: Right, so let's look at the team headlines. Uh Kakai was back on the bench as Laird was fit again from his potentially was it not in season ending injury or something like that that wasn't actually the that much of a problem in the end, Clark sort of came in for Dicky Johansson and Zell also came in, Adoma, Roberts, and Tim out, and Willick returns. So, a fairly big change in the starting 11, Micah. Basically, as much as Critchley could make. Mm. When you saw this team go out, were you sort of reassured? Were you happy? Were you sort of questioning anything, or was this something that should? was sort of in the pipeline for a couple of weeks, do you think?
1: Um I don't know about in the pipeline because obviously we, we don't know too much about Critchley as of yet, but um obviously on the last podcast I was saying that I was more of an advocate for either a 3 or a four three two one, you know, just to get the best out of Chair and Willock. So this this looked a lot like a Mick Beal lineup, to be quite honest with you. Um I, I was happy to see Willock and Chair well, on paper, a bit narrower. I think when the actual you know, game was played, it looked a bit different. But um, yeah, I, I, I was quite happy with the, with the shape, shall we say. Yeah.
0: Uh, Dan, a few players obviously missed out from starting. I think I said Kakai, Dickie, uh, Adoma, Roberts and Tim. I mean, Roberts was an enforced one, but the others, I assume, weren't. So... Any of those players do you think that were hard done by?
2: Um, not really. I suppose you could argue that Dickie's in bad form. Uh, the one notable thing was obviously Field was playing higher, up, wasn't he? As more of an eight, and then your handsome was kind of playing as a six. So uh, that was interesting in that sense, but uh, I wasn't too too bothered by the lineup.
0: So that actually, as you mentioned that, then let's look a little bit deeper into that because do you think that's a perhaps a symptom of him just only coming back from his injury. Uh, They don't want to sort of like push him to do too much because earlier this season, he was right up the pitch sort of pressing in and amongst the sort of the final third, uh, which was much more different to the way he played last season in that sort of quarterback role.
2: Maybe. um, Although I think as much as field has been a consistent performer for us, we do lack that kind of ability to, to distribute a bit better from that deeper area. Um and Field obviously when he was playing as that eight um on Saturday didn't really have anyone um uh, with, with Dykes absent that uh that could kind of win first contacts from going long. So I think in that sense that was probably the reason why he changed but um no I thought both of them both of them played well to be fair in that, that position.
0: Yeah um let's talk about our goal then we've already mentioned and alluded to uh the sort of shambolic nature of it uh a little bit earlier in the recording but um Jamal Lowe so it it's a t- it's a tidy finish from him i guess when he returns eventually to bournemouth at the end of the season and when bournemouth are eventually relegated back to the championship do you think we're going to look at this uh player that we had on loan for such a brief amount of time and realize how good of a consistent championship player we've got because what's that two goals one assist now uh, in a game changing performance against reading, so you know I, I just think it's nice to have a lone player who's either not sort of co- a constant hospital case and is also doing something it's it's reassuring, isn't it yeah he's
1: good, yeah. he's a good player yeah it's, he's he's a good player he's somebody that i think um if you've watched the championship for long enough, you'd see that he's a good player. I mean, you can see the difference that he brings to our team, not just in terms of his pace, but his ability on the ball, his movement off the ball as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's another debate, really, whether we, we make it permanent at the end of the season. That's a bit of a controversial topic, isn't it? Um, signing loan players after January loan spells, But um, I think you can say, um, so far, it's been quite a successful signing so far. Well, how old is he? He can't be... 28, I think. So it's kind of
0: his prime sort of years, isn't it? So if anything, if you look at the loans that we have made uh, permanent recently, it it isn't necessarily your sort of like Austin situation, is it? Probably it's not really similar to anything else that we've done recently. The only one, I guess, that's kind of close is feel just because of the age. But if we were, you know, this is pure speculation here. If we were to make him on a permanent deal, then that would be a fantastic signing because, you know, he's clearly at the right age to be playing this sort of football, isn't he?
1: How long has he got left on his on his deal? Because he's only been at Bournemouth for, what, this would be 18 months?
0: If you can vamp, I can look at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely somebody that i would say in terms of age in terms of sort of like pedigree ability you'd say yes great signing on top of that obviously he's a west london boy as well he knows the club um but i mean you know these things always do look better in the moment in january he was brought in as a temporary fix you know is is it necessarily the best thing i like don't get me wrong i like him as a player one of my best friends the swansea fan he loves him um but I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm traumatized from the Austin situation. But I, I I'm not ready to pull the trigger just yet.
0: Well, what if I told you that his contract expires June thirtieth, twenty twenty
1: three? Yeah, let's get him. What a player? Um, I've always backed him. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. No, again, again. Um, yeah. I mean, that makes things interesting. Definitely makes things interesting.
0: Realistically, um, if he's available at the end of the season on a free deal, we're not gonna be the only club in for him.
1: That's the thing, isn't it? Um and do we do we really want to be competing with other clubs in terms of wages they can play for a strike? Are we going to be blocking a pathway for Sinclair Armstrong or or the lesser spotted Charlie Kellman? I mean, these are these are things we have to really weigh up when we're talking about the future of the club, you know?
0: Mm. Um, let's uh, talk about the specific goal then then. We have said that Huddersfield were rubbish. This was truly a abysmal attempt at trying to play out from the back, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, I don't rem- remember the goal that vividly, but um, yeah, it was bad. They've, I mean, when I look, watched them over the week before last. They looked quite poor uh, playing out from the back as well, so it wasn't too big a surprise. But um, it's nice for a change for us actually to to capitalise, capitalise on an opposition's. Uh, mistake for once because it always feels like it goes against us
0: yeah um at that time I think I'd looked or maybe just a little bit later than that I looked at the stats on BBC Sport and we had I think just about majority possession we had all of the shots in the game and obviously then all of the shots on target um so Micah can you explain to me then how we go on to draw this game one all?
1: Do you know what? If you told me, after the first goal went in, that we drew, drew, I would... It's funny. I probably would have been inclined to think, no, there's no way we were all over them. But the story of this team in recent weeks, and really the past year, has been this, which was that we were playing really well. I thought chair was really good. I think maybe chair didn't get enough credit for his performance on Saturday. I thought he was really good without a goal or assist. Um, I thought Willock was better. Um, and I thought even even the midfield was functioning quite well with Dizel. You know, I've been critical of Dizel. I thought it was functioning quite well. And then we give away a free kick in a decent position. Um, Clark Salter gets booked. I think it was Clark Salter gets booked. Um, free kick comes in. Seni makes a save. You know, there's question marks over should Seni have pushed it out for a corner? Should he have pushed it back into play? I'm not goalkeeper, so I won't profess to I won't profess to like being sat there and like being I think angry at Senny.
0: what the one thing i'll say about that is with goalkeeping things i think in the in the moment when you first see it that's the correct judgment so when i first saw that for the first time looking at the highlights i thought that's a great save
1: yeah i i, I don't remember in the moment thinking oh you should have pushed that out for a corner i think you it's quite I mean? hard
0: because it's, it's very close to the post if he gets it out for a corner i think we're all sort of marvelling at it. I, I think it's a pretty good save. I think there's yeah, a bigger uh, problem there and it's not saying
1: Yeah well that's what I was about to get to because you know I'm not a goalkeeping expert but neither were half the people criticising him on Twitter so I'm not going to say anything either way the, the issue I have is the same issue that was Fleetwood the same issue that was um, too many games to remember Peterborough away whatever you want which is that the free kick comes in it's saved we're all static. We're all we're all stood there. There's no reaction. Once again, there's nobody taking charge back there. You know, as the cliche goes, but there's nobody taking charge back there. And I'm thinking, we're gonna go on. I I'm just thinking, there it is. There, if you see the heads, you're seeing the heads drop. Yeah, there it is.
0: I mean, it's the most annoying thing about that is that straight away they're doing what they're doing, a lot recently. And straight away the hands are up. Oh, that must be your side. Well, no, oh, it's not offside actually. Up. It's because you've all played him on. You've you, like, that, like <laughs> and the ball's coming up. across sideways, so he can't be offside. So, and it's
1: a direct free kick as well. So it's not like people make like like <laughs> diag runs into yeah. the box from a. They know he's shooting. They've it's just literally. Responded. I can't remember who.
0: I think it, Wankon scores, doesn't he? So I think he just floats yeah. off.
2: Clark Salter. Wagn goes off the back post off field eight as soon as as soon as the balls the ball's hit and Turton's obviously first to the first to the second ball off Seni. Um yeah, they, no one no one picks up Waghorn. No, but no. it's just sort of it's
0: so frustrating. You look at that and it's just that is the same issue again. I mean what why can't they just react? What are, what are they assuming that is gonna
2: happen there? Like it's just Considering considering Swords pretty much only threat this season has been set pieces, um, I don't know why we didn't kind of like not put all our eggs in one basket, but kind of focus on. The, I know it was a direct free kick, like Mike said, but you've got to be sharper. They're, they're scoring. I think they scored eight nine from set pieces this season, like a third of their goals or whatever. Um, you've got to be alert to them for, uh, for me. Yeah. Um... It's just, it's it's
0: poor, it's weak, but it is also QPR defending set pieces. So what more can you expect? Um <clears throat> Sinclair Armstrong has a, right at the end of uh, the highlights I watched, he had a pretty good great chance. Um And it, I don't want to be critical too much with Armstrong because he's getting asked to do a lot, I guess, when he does feature for the first team with pretty limited experience. And I think this, Sort of situation sums that up relatively well. He come, he's through on goal. He does really well. He he shows his pace and his strength, and he he beats his man. But then he, it's just a little bit unlucky. He miscontrols it, so it just takes it out of his feet. He can't take the shot. And realistically, if you're looking at it, I think you know you've praised him, Micah. But in this situation, chair. He's, he's in two minds of what to do. Does he make the yeah. run to the front or back post? The right yeah. one is obviously the back post, but he doesn't. You know, as we've as people say, halfway means, between the
1: two. Don't yeah, he kind of just yeah. His
0: decision making at times will hold him back, and this is a <clears throat> a situation because if he peels to the back post and stays on side, that is that's a goal. Yeah,
1: that's
0: that's the easiest goal he'll ever score. But he he doesn't seem to know any what to do in that situation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, I have some sympathy for him because I think really and truly he should probably be on loan. And I, I saw something on deadline day um, about Sheffield Wednesday being interesting, and I'm quite critical with our young... I think we've produced decent-ish young players, but we typically just don't get them good loans. Um, and I think to hear Sheffield Wednesday were interested in one of our youngsters, I think, I personally would have been like, go and play there. But I don't know what the situations were with that. Um, so it's hard for him because you can see that, like, there is a player there and, you know, you know he's got a little bit too much rawness to him, a little bit of a rough diamond. But at the same time, he's probably the fastest player in the team, definitely the fastest attacking player. Um, so it's kind of, you, you're looking at it as a manager and thinking, well, that's a good outlet for us, really, you know, that kind of pace and strength in behind. But then at the same time, like it's not going to help his confidence if he's, you know, missing chances or not making the right decisions and the fans are getting on his back. So I I have quite a lot of sympathy for him. I personally think young players, I know he didn't he's not a West London boy as such, but I personally think as young players through the academy, they deserve a little bit more patience than um, you know, somebody that you bought in for like 750K or a mil or whatever. Um, but at the same time, you know. He's not immune to the situation you know we're we're one in fourteen now you know we we can't afford to you know squander big opportunities so uh, the I, other thing yeah. as well
0: is that he's it, not actually the bench changes quite a bit i mean it is i guess partly due to injuries, but let's look at the last sort of going back to Preston right um so this is during Critchley's tenure, so he was on the bench for that game then he got a knock and wasn't available for Cardiff, not in the squad for Luton, on the bench for Sheffield United, not in the squad for Reading, not in the squad for Swansea, back in the squad suddenly for Hull, plays 45 minutes, and then plays 24 minutes at the weekend against Huddersfield. If you look at the last couple of weeks, there's not... I know there's an injury in there, but and you don't know how long that lasts, but that's not a lot of consistency. So, if you know, when no. you've got that offer of Sheffield Wednesday on loan, and then you've got potentially down the pipeline, and i will be interested to hear your thoughts on exactly where you think this transfer has come from, with Chris Martin. If you if they're looking at doing a deal like that, and that why aren't they sending out Armstrong loan just to get that yeah. little bit more experience so he can come back next season and be that little bit more sort of available for the first team? Because realistically, next year he's going to have to play unless we make some permanent signings or loans, or whatever.
1: I think I think even if we do Alex, I think he has to play because yeah. he's got what well, after this will have two years left on his deal and he's supposed to be our best young player. We have to try and monetize him. He, ha- he needs games. It's as simple as that. Dude. You can train with the best players in the world all day, every day, but until you get games, you're not getting that match experience. And it's, so not, different... it's not really helpful, oh.
0: is it, seeing him like absolutely monster the under 23s like...
1: Yeah, I mean it's like yeah, like he clearly needs to be playing first team men's football, you know. Yeah. And like, if it's not with us, it has to be elsewhere. Because fact, the fact of the matter is, yeah, he's probably going to be playing next season. We're probably like, if we don't make the playoffs, which I just cannot see happening, I cannot see us making the playoffs. Sorry, it's a rebuild. We're losing probably Willock, Chair, Da. You know, so
0: yeah, games one way or another. And you look at the play, the teams he's been on loan at as well. I think it's Aldershot and. Uh Torquay, Torquay. like <laughs> that's not exactly you know that is a big jump. That's a massive jump. And we were talking about you know the quality of loans. There's, we've released Faisal Batash recently, who mm. I'm pretty sure him to Oldham every year. <laughs> yeah, we just send him to Oldham, and he never played. Like I don't know. There's add it to the list of things that are probably wrong at the football club. Um... Yeah, Dan.
2: Did anyone deserve to win the game? Um, no, probably not. I mean, they had, a, they had a spell late on last 10, 15 minutes, I think, piling on the pressure a bit. But at that point, they got a bit end-to-end. But uh, briefly on the Armstrong point, I was surprised we didn't utilise them a bit more in that game. Um, I think I wrote in my piece before the game that the best way to exploit them was down the channels between the centre-backs and full-backs. and. I think we had our two best chances where he, the, the chair one which we've already said and I think there was one where chair paid a pass outside of the without uh, the boot um and he was one v one with tom lee so i thought if we maybe even started and gave him 60 minutes and kind of utilized that that pace just to get down the channels which he's so effective with i thought we could have had a bit more joy
0: yeah um so let's talk briefly about our short-term solution uh Chris Martin. Did you guys see this coming at all, Micah?
1: Not one bit. When I saw the um when I saw the little promo the club did with the shirt and the scarf, I thought it was gonna be something ridiculous like a forever ours thing or something. When when I saw people saying, Oh, we've signed Chris Martin, I couldn't believe it. <laughs>
0: Couldn't believe it in a good way or couldn't
1: believe it? Like... Well, I, I just thought, like, well, just based off some of the stuff that was said and the fact that he was released on deadline day and we were apparently active on deadline day, I just thought, like, because my another one of my friends is, is I grew up near Bristol, so I've got a lot of Bristol City fans. Um, so he, I think he jokingly said to me, Oh, we've released Chris Martin on deadline day. Do you want him? You guys need a striker, don't you? And I was like, haha, yeah. But like we were active on deadline day, he was available. We didn't get him, so I just thought, you know, we're just done. We're just going to go with this till the end of the season.
0: Yeah, the Critchley's, uh famous line of if if this is going to be the squad to the end of the season, I'll be happy with it. Yeah, you lie. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've had like managers lie already to us. We can tell when it's happening now. Uh, <laughs> Dan, where do you sit on this signing? Is it more Naki Wells
2: or is it a Modibo Maiga signing? Um. I don't mind it. I didn't see the see the fuss. I mean, Twitter at that point, some of the people, some people hated it, particularly with the Austin stuff. But I think it's all right. It's the same type of profile as Dykes. Um, we've clearly lacked. I don't know how many games Dykes been out, but the games the games has been missing, we we lack an out ball. Um, there's only so many times you can play long balls to Jamal and uh, not win them. Um, and I think I put in the group chat the other day that. I think he scored twelve goals, six assists at Bristol City yeah. last season. Now yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that we're gonna get those figures, but you, you utilize someone to the strengths which Critchley's done with like Gary Medine before at Blackpool and stuff like that. Then there there's there's value in the deal. Um so yeah, it, it gives us that same profile that when we don't have a Dykes we can we can use Martin.
0: And sh- very quickly, do you think that we would have done this if Dykes hadn't been ill? Probably not, no.
1: No. I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. I think with pneumonia, pneumonia is not like a cold. It's going to take dykes yeah. like a few weeks before he's up to speed. Can I just say, we did once, I was reminded of this, I did once make a joke about Chris Martin never being young and having come to Earth on a, uh, on a meteor. Uh,
0: you actually said in error a fossil, but
1: A on. fossil, yeah. Um, I it just want to apologise. It was yeah, on this podcast. We, we can dig we named, it up if you
0: want. It's the name yeah, of the we podcast. Named,
1: we named the episode after it. I just want to apologise to Chris Martin. Um, publicly. <laughs> um, we won't <weren't> be <laughs> we interviewing him. Yeah, I'm wishing you all the best, Chris Martin. I'm sure you were a young man once. I just never saw it. So there we go.
0: Now he's wearing the blue and white hoops. We'll love you. If, you, if you're if you playing for Bristol City,
1: we won't hate you. We just really? won't sort of... Dan, the first, the first game you went was a playoff final. Am I not mistaken? Mm-hmm. In that? Yeah. Chris Martin started that day. So I just want to, you know, mm. just want to put that out there. I'm not, I'm yeah, not he saying he was... I'm not saying he was never young, but, you know, that was kind of And how far away it. that
0: playoff final seems to where we are right now, eh?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> speaking of someone else who started that playoff final, Charlie Austin, uh, should our former striker have a... Does he have a right to be upset with that we've signed Chris Martin? Or is this just uh, a bit of a storm in the teacup and something that he shouldn't really be chiming in on? To be honest, can... I think it
2: was, I think fans tagged him in the tweet, which didn't help. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know why he's why he's caring so much. He's a different player to to Martin. Uh, he didn't hold the ball up last year very well, uh, and I think I can't remember who said it in our group chat, but something about didn't follow up his uh, misplaced pass or something, something like that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see why he's moaning to be honest. Right, think, he's,
1: he's he's got a right to be upset if you like. It just doesn't mean he is right to be upset if that makes sense. But so. the,
2: the, the the only thing with the upset thing, I think. Lee, who said it on the QPR podcast, which did yesterday, apparently Austin twisted the words of what Les Ferdinand said on TalkSport um, to the point where Ferdinand didn't ask him whether he was retiring or not. He just said, "What is what are his plans next year?" and he took that as saying he's retiring, basically. So I can see, I can see slightly why he's upset, but a lot of what he said, like at the end of last season, I think's been twisted for the for the media. What yeah I'm going to I say is,
0: if Charlie Austin played as well as he moaned, then he would still have a contract.
1: <laughs> All right, careful. Let's <laughs> be careful. A lot of people love. No, love I, know. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. But he has like he, he's t-
0: ever so slightly in that last year, right? I, I really, I, I, you know, better than most that I really didn't enjoy watching him, and yeah. it hurt because he was such a massive part of that team that did actually get promoted, and I loved him for that. Okay, that was sort of the right time. I was at school. That QPR won at Wembley. I'm in love with football at that point. We'll talk about what comes after that and why I'm not so in love with football. Thank you, Harry Redknapp. Straight after that. Mm-hmm. but it, that Charlie Austin was like the one good thing about that team. And he carried us towards the Premier League. And of course, we love him for that. But all the kind of whinging, the moaning and not necessarily backing it up on the pitch for me. And then also sitting in the stand in the FA Cup game and sort oh. of being miserable because he's been hooked. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't... I can't help but not feel that sorry for him, to be honest. Like, he got another couple of years playing at championship level. Um,
1: I think people have to to remember as well, he he took a pay cut to join us. And as nice as that sounds, a pay cut from 50 grand is probably 25 grand. And we just, like, we can't afford to pay. I'm not saying that's what he was on. We can't afford to pay 25 grand a week for five goals a season, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. Chris Martin's getting paid off by City till the end of the season. He's probably on peanuts here. So it's like, you can't, it's it's oranges and apples, really. You can't really compare it.
0: Right, so uh, coming up this Saturday is the always lovely prospect of Millwall. Um, So, you know, be careful and avoid the blockade of police post-match um if you were if you're a betting man or woman um what Dan has just said off air will come in very handy for you, so uh Dan, I think you said something about um how they're most likely to score, and you know what, given what we've already discussed this podcast about how we defend a certain situation, I would
2: put your mortgage on this uh Dan. Yeah, they've um, they they've scored the most set pieces of the season by far. They've scored eighteen. Um, I don't know how many, how many games we played this season. About twenty. Okay, okay. uh, keep keep going. 20. I'll tell you.
1: Twenty. We
2: played thirty. Oh, okay, thirty. So, yeah, plus, plus uh, uh
0: two cut games.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they don't count. <laughs> but um, yeah, they've scored eighteen set pieces. Um. And they're the worst team in open play with 13 goals. So, they've scored five more set plays than they have in open play. Um, yeah, which kind of sums how, how mill have been for, for numerous numerous years, really.
0: Uh, so, that, in short, is put the mortgage on mill score by corner.
2: Um, Micah,
0: <laughs> does that fill you with any hope at all?
1: Uh, nah. Do you know what? I'd be, do you know what? I would have more money on us not conceding from open play, not conceding from a set piece. Like just defending really well for 90 minutes, and then they score a really like well worked bit of play in the final third from open play from one of their guys that hasn't scored all season. That would be a very QPR, to be honest. Yeah, just um, cover basic. Yeah, you know. I can't help when <laughs> these sort of fixtures roll around. We've already
0: played the team. Think back to. Uh, the game we played earlier in the season, we be- obviously we beat them at their place in a uh, such a fantastic feeling in the moment. I can't really remember if that was before or after Bristol City away.
1: It's
0: before, but- after, before.
2: I think. was, before. oh no, was after? it after? Uh, I don't, know, I don't know actually. Anyway, oh, no, was you know, there. there was such a good feeling I around there at the after. time,
0: and then also pre um, pre this year, uh, last season, uh, as I meant to say. The first home game of the season, Dickie scores a wonderful long range effort um oh, yeah, and there's again there's so much hope at that point, so fast forward to this game, and what are you gonna be expecting come saturday um the atmosphere wise
1: um... good question it's a very good question I Clive... Clive from Lawful Words put it best about the away fans, uh, saying that we've identified who the nutters are. Keep going. Um <laughs> so I mean, if you're going on Saturday, fair play to you. I I don't think the players or the manager can really complain about whatever reception they get if if it's quiet and it's a bit hostile. One in 14. Do you know what I mean? If if the fans really do get behind the team and say like, look, we're gonna try and do our part. They're very lucky,
0: I think. So, see, the thing is, last couple of games, we've actually had a pretty decent turnout, haven't we, at home? Swansea was a fairly full stadium. Mm. Um, I, as I understand, Millwall have got both top and bottom uh, of the school end. So, they're certainly going to be, I'm not even going to say noisy, because they're not that noisy, really. They just make that very annoying noise. Um...
2: They were quite good in fairness last season, I felt, but that was the first game back since lockdown. So, that was a bit of a.
0: Mm.
2: a different like yeah it was a different type of game if that makes sense
0: yeah look I'm I I feel expect if it's 2-0 on 70 minutes the entire stadium from the QPR end will go
2: uh, oh that's nice yeah but that was the that was the exact same when I was there this season there was almost a fire draw after 65 minutes they were all gone Mm, yeah. They were in such, but they were in a bad place at that. So half of them wanted row out at that point. Look at where we are now this season. They're doing really well, and we're we're the ones that are, are struggling. So, yeah, I don't know what to to expect really. What how about our fans? So apart from defending
0: set plays better, Dan, what do you think we can do as a team? And what sort of lineup would you like to see that is hopefully going to end this sort of cursed run of not winning? And not scoring down the loft end, you know what? What have we got to do to make things better? Score goals. I know. <laughs> I want a little bit more in depth than that. Not too in depth, just a little bit
2: more. That's all I ask um, for. I don't, there's quite a lot of things we could do better. Um, top I don't know two, the top two things we can do better, top.
0: apart from creating set of yeah. plays better.
2: I'd say create better chances. I'm trying to think. I can't think back to, to games. I'm um, uh, saying that we did we did create a few at Swansea, didn't we? And low missed them. But yeah, I don't know. We're just gonna have to take our chances. I think when we get them, um, we were guilty of that at Swansea. Can't really remember if we were guilty of that against Huddersfield on Saturday. But um, yeah, I'd say take our chances and yeah, just just. Defend, defend as a unit I, I know it sounds so cliche but um, it, Millwall are going to come with, with a load of confidence on on a good run of form they're going to want to want to put us out of our misery early so I suppose stay in the game as long as possible and yeah kind of get the fans on, on, on side
0: Micah are you expecting any changes to the eleven, or do you think it's roughly going to be the same? Uh,
1: I don't know I imagine I imagine roughly the same Um, it's I mean the thirty minutes where we were ahead or twenty minutes where we were ahead, we were playing some quite good stuff, and as I said, Willa can share that confidence, so I mean that might be enough for Critchley to say, yeah, let's go let's go with the same um i don't I don't really know what I would change, maybe to be fair i i, I don't know maybe maybe you would swap Dazel out for one of the other midfielders um but yeah, I'd probably go the same to be honest um uh,
0: and then we have got a game on Tuesday as well. The return of the midweek fixtures. Um, Sunderland at home. This is another team that are flying at the moment in good confidence. Uh, they've another team that have had a manager depart them midway through a season when they wouldn't have wanted him to go, uh, and it probably hurts a little bit more considering the length of time that he was there, just a little bit longer than Beale. But they've reacted much better than us. They are without their. Uh, Ross Stewart, I believe, who's injured for the rest of the season. I mean, surprise, surprise. I know whether the Scottish players are going to be playing or not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when I heard that news, I was genuinely heartbroken because I really wanted to see him play for Scotland at some point. Um, but he's out. They they've lost Sims as well. But they seem to be doing okay. You know, they're obviously you know going to tick that box of what every newly promoted side. I used to do and stay up, so um, a very accomplished championship manager as well. In charge, this is going to be another tough game, isn't it, Dan?
2: Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the prospect of uh, facing Gail Hart, Amad Diallo, and Jack Clark up against our defense. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, Amad Diallo, uh, every time I've watched him, he just looks like he's going finish, to uh, finish his chance. Um, he's on, he's one of the best players in the league at the minute. I mean. Be interesting how you know, um adapts slightly. Obviously, he was in the Championship with Wigan, but coming down, he's probably got a bit of a point to prove. Uh, not not had too much game time at Leeds, um, but he's another uh, youngster that's very talented. So they got a good they got a good squad there, and they've been recruiting well the season. So yeah, even the next four fixtures, I'm not looking forward to. Let alone the next two. Uh, so um, the, but, yeah.
0: the next one after that is Middlesbrough, and then the one after that is
2: Blackburn. Ah, oh,
0: right. I mean, to be I fair, think... I think Blackburn, out of all of them, they're the ones on sort of on the bit of a downward spiral because they've fallen out of the playoffs now, haven't they? I'm well, not spiral, but they've kind of, I think they've possibly reached their peak. They're always on the same trajectory
1: the as us, I swear. The last two years, they're just consistently on the same exact trajectory. as. Can we get a Blackpool fan on the pod and we can just like all cry Blackpool. together? Blackpool, don't you mean Blackburn? Blackburn, sorry, can we get a Blackburn fan oh, on You can get a Blackpool fan on and talk to them <laughs> about Blackburn. Yeah, I don't think they want to talk about Neil Critchley either. Blackpool Blackburn. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um <laughs> the, the, what was very QPR about Blackburn, and we will just I'll make this final point before we sort of go down a different sort of rabbit hole, is that they're losing their prime <laughs> player on a free, aren't they?
1: Oh that the was
0: tasty on that was tasty on Twitter, wasn't it? Something that is like, very QPR. Like that is so QPR. <laughs>
1: Fact, that's, wor- that's worse though because I remember with Austin we turned down fifteen, we turned down twelve because we wanted fifteen, and then we sold him for four or six months later. But at least we got Something. four mil. Yeah. But Diaz just he's just waltzing into La Liga. For... Yeah, that, that that that's uh,
0: difficult on the uh, on the Blackburn fans, I imagine. Um, Micah, any sort of points to make about Sunderland on Tuesday?
1: Yeah, just, just nothing, nothing really too out of the ordinary. Joe Go, Joe Gelhardt's a player I'm interested to see because I've always liked uh, little things that I've seen of him. I remember on the last day, one of the last games for Leeds last season, right. Was it Brighton? Really great assist where I think he's chipped it like, uh, yeah, really great. So I'm interested to see how yeah, he, he does. Down stunk. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting. Then exciting sort of front three there. Obviously, as we know, Tony Mowbray knows. Championship as well. I think they've won one out of their last five new games to be fair and it was against Middlesbrough, a very impressive Middlesbrough team at the moment that are flying but they went down to 10 men and then I think that's when Sunderland went on and won so um, they're not actually in the, I know it's better than us but they're not actually in the best run of form at the moment so I'll be interested to see if we can pick ourselves up for that game. We might actually surprise a few people, dare I say it
0: Final thoughts then on that game uh Dan, what chocolate do you think Tony Mowbray will bring to the press conference
2: I think as he stopped doing them, I'm pretty sure I saw like pretty sure they bought him a an a, a B-Tech brand of biscuits the other week, and he said he's, he's, he's embarrassing his kids so he's not eating them anymore <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh they, I, I, I those
2: videos were quite funny. Very when he, when he, when he had the, the bag of Rebels and he whipped out the Yorkie halfway through the press conference <laughs> oh,
0: top man. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there then. Uh, thank you very much, Micah and Dan, for coming on and discussing all things QPR. In this, uh, I had written down on the script that it had been a horrendous season. I wouldn't say hor- that's, that's probably a bit harsh for me. Horrendous, not horrendous yet, definitely disappointing. I'll say,
1: still time, there's still time. <laughs>
0: what to improve or for QPR to really for it to, be, horrend- for it to really uh, okay. be horrendous yeah. <laughs> um, yeah thank you very much guys for listening uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter you can follow our generation uh, on Twitter as well uh, and you can leave a review on whatever podcast platform that you use you can also leave a review on a website called Chartable uh, it's very nice if we do see the other thing pop up there so please do uh, give us a good review on there if you feel like it uh, so yeah, thank you very much for listening and until next time from this.